And now, weighing in out of the blue corner, Josh the Pong Thompson. 100%. And on the other mic, he weighs in from the red corner, Big John McCarthy. Well, hello to everyone. This is a special day because it is our three-year anniversary. The Punk and I, Josh Thompson, and the Weighing In Podcast has been around now for three years, and we have so many more years to go because we love what we do, and it's just fun uh, to sit here and talk about MMA. Congratulations to you, Josh. You are three years old. Yes, yes. I act that way sometimes, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and uh, we've been blessed enough to have our trusty little sidekick podcast, Dave, kind of come along with us for the ride. He's been with me for a long time, man. He's actually not a bad guy. I've tried to, I've tried to get rid of him several times, but he won't go away. He's like a gnat. Just kind of keeps buzzing around in your head. I'm like, all right, you can stick around. You can be my friend. It's okay. So, but uh, it's always. But before we go any further, before not only is it our three year anniversary, but there's some big news that is going on this week. Everyone needs to remember this. We are going to be doing some great stuff because. Podcast Dave is doing Train Alta in Austin, Texas. That a baby. I am pumped because we got some thick boys from Thick Boy Studio that work for Brandon Shop. They're also doing it. And I, you know what's funny, right? Is they're all kind of around Podcast Dave's weight class. That kind of makes a little fun because that hold, hold on, hold on, hold on. The, don't, yes. don't, don't tell me. Is Chin doing it? No, 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 he's not. Oh, no, some of the, some see, of the, that would have like, been the, that would have been the, <laughs> that's the battle. Cause that way Dave could have beat up on the guy that you're always pushing on him. Uh, like, oh, he's so perfect. Have you, gonna have, put him in his place, Dave, but have that's you okay. Not Dave. seen Chin? Chin's like twice the size of Dave. He would smash Dave. It would be Chin's no contest. Chin's not twice the size of Dave. <laughs> Chin's like 6'3, so big. <laughs> he's so yeah, big. Like this. Still not doing train alta. No, he's not doing train alta. He's not. Yeah. But he's got a couple guys. Uh, Shop's so got a couple guys it. doing it. Dave's been getting. He's been getting a little nervous, John. I'm just being honest. I sent him the. I sent him all the information, the location for the gym. <laughs> it's hilarious. He's been getting a little nervous though. Nah, so um, first off, I said I'm. Fun. I'm gonna say. I'm gonna say this to my man, podcast Dave. <clears throat> Dave, just do it. First off, you don't have to fight. <laughs> I don't care if you fight. Yeah. I just know that if you go and you do this course that Alta puts on in just getting you in shape, prepared, learning techniques, you're going to fall in love with the martial arts. You're going to fall in love with being able to learn new things and you're going to feel better about yourself. And in the end, if you want to do the fight, do the fight because it's awesome. If you don't, then don't. I, I won't say anything, uh, but I will be proud of you for just going through what they are doing as far as teaching people and getting you prepared and just bettering your life it's it's your introduction truthfully into the martial arts and that's unbelievable i think it's great do it john he is going to actually learn real techniques and you know what i think he's so he's gonna whoop of. your ass no i don't know <laughs> but what he'll be scared of though is that he may fall out of love with wwe because then he'll know what real stuff this is, is and true. that might be a problem yeah, but there's, also, yeah, okay, but there's guys out there. Look, look at look, your man DC. He, he knows, he knows real technique. King, King Mo, Mo is the oh my biggest God. WWE fan I, ever, ever and, than I've ever and, met. Him and Daniel are right like this. I think King Mo, the, King Mo's got. You think he's done. more? 
Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, look, I'm gonna get like because I when I get into the DC stuff, you know, after he did me dirty last weekend on Twitter. Okay, I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna awesome. go. We gotta go um, he, he did himself dirty though, by the way. Dude, he did, he didn't even one. watch the whole video. He he got the clickbait material. <laughs> he and he got the did that shit on purpose. It was awesome. Oh I just man, he did it on purpose. <laughs> That's if you guys don't know. I he, there's some text threads too between us. I posted up be, between DC and I, and he's talking shit. He got mad because one day I said something nice about Paul Felder on our show. He's like, "You son of a bitch! What are you doing? You what do you think? You trying to get under my skin?" I was like, "Absolutely, I'm trying to get under your skin. I know how much it bothers him." Oh, anyway, but I told Podcast Dave doing the train alter situation. I said, "Look." You're going to finally understand what it's like to be able to protect your wife and kids. Finally. Ooh. That's, that's, a, little, that's a little cold. He's all, he's all, like, he's little all, he's, he's all, I got a gun though, right? He's like, isn't that what a gun's for? I'm like, yeah, but we know you don't know how to use it. I said, that's the other thing. I go, now all of a sudden you live in Texas, right? You think you know how to use a gun? Nobody, no. So no, I like to give him a hard time. Look, I think it's going to be fun for him. It's going to be a very eye-opening. It's not going to be what, you know, There's they're going to, show the basic techniques they're going to show the, the conditioning portion of it all too what it's like but dave's been dave you've been running hard man i've been seeing looking lean he posted a picture the other day of him from the upward angle so it makes him look leaner i get it that's how women do it on instagram but he he looked good i actually had to i had to throw him a little dm be like yo brother I'm checking you out what's going on slid into his dms dms i'm like why are you checking me man you look why you sliding into his dms man hey i i gotta let i gotta let my boy know when he's doing good i appreciate (laughs) i look he looks good brother he got me a little motivated to be honest (laughs) i've been been running dude you're out there hitting the pavement now you've been putting in the Uh, miles i really like that i have he he, uh, he's been looking really good i've only been running around three every day so he, him, he's been five. I mean, he's been killing it, killing. It. I mean, eight minute miles, not really killing it, but I mean, here's some progress. Oh my god, there's some progress. Okay. There. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> Dave, an eight minute mile is fine. Oh, Just telling you right now, geez. quality running right there, perfect pace. That's don't listen. That's to him. that. That's don't. where you're not. You're not killing yourself, but you're getting good work in. Good job. Stay with the eight minute mile. I'm proud geez, of you. Yes, yes. <laughs> No, Dave, Dave looks good. Um, you know, this is going to be fun. Um, I talked to Rich Chow, who handles the North American version for Train Alta, and they're going to start doing like, you know, they'll have some video footage and stuff like that. They're going to follow Dave a little bit so they can kind of get some uh, behind the scenes footage. So Dave's going to be a rock star. Yeah, he's going to yeah, go. Baby. I cannot wait. So it's going to be fun. <laughs> Um, they got one of the media guys also too doing it. Uh, he he texts me his name. I'm trying to remember his name. Uh, but anyways, he texts me saying there's one of the guys that's doing it. Dun, dun, dun. Here we go. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. You're supposed to give the name once you do the dun, dun, dun. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, let me see. Oh, yeah, Jeremy that's... Botter? Jeremy Botter? Okay. Yeah, so he's from. He's an MMA journalist. He's been doing it for a long time, Good. I guess. I'm sure Good I've talked him. to him a couple of times. But he's doing it as well. So, But I, I'd like to see a little action between Podcast Dave and maybe one of the Thick Boy guys, and we'll have that Dude, Podcast Dave, end. eat him alive. That's eat him right. up. I, I got, I got boy, confidence I got in my man. Hey, yo, Shub, if you listen to this, brother, I'll throw some money down on that. That's right. I got, I got my guy. I got my yep. guy. Only because I know he's in shape right now. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on, hold on. Uh, he's got the, the, whoever whoever is from Thick Boy Studios. He's got time to get in shape through the whole system. So yeah, he does. He does. You're right. You're right. But Dave's <laughs> Dave's already ahead of the game, right? He now. is ahead so of him. He's ahead of the curve for sure. For sure, he's ahead of the game. 
So, all right. Well, hey, that's uh, that's that started on Wednesday, I believe it is Wednesday. It's in Austin, Texas. So, if you guys um need any more information, uh, we can put it in the descriptions. I'll send it over to Podcast Dave. He'll throw it in the descriptions for you guys. You still got time to sign up. You still can start the course through Train Alta. Look him up on uh, Instagram. But hey, guys, I'm pumped for Podcast Day. I know Dave, are you pumped? Is oh, dancing. Are you pumped? <laughs> I'm pumped. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I cannot wait. It's I, gonna I be just just fun. I'm just curious to see how the training is going to be. I I trained at um, Tyson Griffin's gym one time, and he mm-hmm. started yelling at me because I, because I wasn't doing a position <laughs> properly. I was like, dude, it's my first time ever doing this shit, and you're yelling at me. He's like, do you I want a position or not? And I was like, uh, oh, I do, but I don't know what the hell I'm doing. <laughs> That's so Well, great. Tyson, Tyson can get angry at times. <laughs> yeah. He's a little firecracker, that guy, man. Oh, he was, dude. He's a little firecracker. Yeah, he's a stud. Uh, all right, well, all right, hey, let's, well let's, let's go ahead and jump into the fights, John. Go let's ahead. Talk about the fights first here. Let's talk. Let's go let's right. Talk to the about him, John. John, let's talk about him. Let's talk about. Nah, yeah, there, 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 <laughs> let's, there were a couple good ones in there. There were some ones that just there was not not really exciting. The one that stole the show. Before we even get started, what was the one that stole the show? Come on, hands down, Michael Johnson. Yes. Michael Hands John- down, Michael Johnson. Was, that but was a great fight. I, I didn't think he lost that fight. I thought he won. I don't won. think he did either. Let's get into that in a little bit, but let's talk. Let's go right from the main event and work our way down. I'm going to say it was malarkey. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> that was well played. Thank well you. played, Thank my you. man. Okay. All right. Let's go with the man, Rafael Fazeev, who the guy who's saying, who's the best Rafael in the <laughs> UFC? Well, he kind of proved it. Well, this show is brought to you by MyBookie.ag. MyBookie.ag is going to give you a little extra spending cash with your first initial deposit. And I got to tell you guys, if you guys have tried to withdraw your money from any of these online gambling sites, MyBookie now has actually started letting you pull your money out after you bet your winnings one time. So after you push your initial deposit in, you can pull your money out after you bet your money one time. After you bet it again, you can pull it back out and cash out because you have taken Big John and mine advice, and you guys should know better by now that we always pick winners. Maybe. <laughs> always. Always is such a such a hard word to press. But look, we do such a great job helping you guys make a little extra spending cash. Right, Big John? Yes, sir. All the time because we care. Because Ooh. we care, because you guys use mybookie.ag, you use our promo code Wayne in and use that QR code right there that Podcast Dave's going to put up, and that will take you directly to our page there at mybookie.ag. Use that promo code and have some fun and good luck. This was a fight where, you know, we, we talked back and forth before and said, you know, look, Dos Angeles has got to get takedowns. That's not easy against Fazit, but if he gets the takedowns, he can win this fight. If he doesn't get the takedowns, it's going to be a difficult fight for him to win. <clears throat> And in the end, that's really what happened. I had him down three one going into the last round. Yeah, I did. I, too. I thought I thought Fiziev overall he landed the heavier shots, the better shots. Not that you know, it, again, close rounds, but easily you could look and say that Fiziev was landing the the cleaner, crisper shots overall. Uh, his takedown defense was actually re- you could tell he is physically very strong. There were yeah. times that he did things as far as he would just yank the arm up and he would do things at times you go, that's not great technique, but it works when you're strong as a fucking ox. And he's obviously very strong. I thought, I thought those Angeles actually had a very good game plan. 
you could tell it was, hey, we're going to wear this guy down. He was going in for the long haul. He's saying, I got 25 minutes to get rid of him. And just, you know, I, th I thought it was actually kind of getting close to working for him because you could see that Fazee was getting, you know, a little bit more tired, but he, he wasn't gassed out. And then comes the, you know, the fifth round. I've heard all kinds of things, you know, people saying, oh, that was an early stoppage. The only thing I will say with this, Mark Smith had the best view of what RDA looked like, not after the first shot, because if you look at the first shot that hurt him, take a look at his leg, and this is what happens when your brain gets short-circuited. He was trying to step back to gain balance, and his leg stayed, and that's why he tumbled like a building going down. And Mark Smith was the guy that was able to see what he looked like after that first shot by Fazeev. And obviously, you know, we can't see it, but he knows. And obviously he saw something that, you know what, was not right. I'm not going to say it was an early stoppage. I'm going to say that, you know what, he, 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 got, he allowed RDA to try to continue. Fazeev came in, put another shot on him, and... It was more than one shot that actually landed it before he stopped it. And those can happen. You can get a guy, he goes out, he gets hit again, and he comes back. It doesn't matter. You saw that he was out. I'm going to say that Mark Smith did a good job in saving him. I haven't heard anything from RDA as far as, oh, that was a bad stop. He just gave you know props to Fazeev as far as a good fight, tough dude. So I thought overall, I can't say anything bad about the way RDA fought. I thought he fought really well. I thought he fought smart. I just think that Fazeev at this moment in time, just a little bit faster, a little bit more power, a little too strong, a little too young. That's the difference when you start going from 30 to 37, those things start mm -hmm. to make just a little bit. And it's those little tiny, you know, millimeter yeah. differences that make the difference in the fight. And that's what happened. But a beautiful knockout win by Fazeev. Like I'm gonna, I'm gonna be like literally splitting hairs and straws, whatever you want to call it. Okay, split Josh those hairs, baby. It's gonna come down like little tiny things, like you said, John. Yeah. I use myself as an example, and I'm not trying to take anything away from RDA. I thought actually he fought really well. I did. I did but too. What I what I mean by splitting hairs is I say, hey, he could have had a little bit more output in the first two rounds to try to get that pressure for him to, for Fazeev to start slowing down a little bit sooner instead of in the fourth and the fifth. You wanted to try to slow him down by the end of like how Bobby Green slowed him down. Try to yeah, get him to slow down by the third. Yeah, by the second, the end of the second or into the third. Cause then you could have kind of won the third, fourth and fifth. He didn't have enough output in the first two rounds to slow Fazeev down. That was it. He also didn't wrestle as much as I would have liked to have seen him wrestle in the first two rounds. That gets the arms blown up. That wears on the body. That takes away a lot of that strength and that pop on the feet. Those are the type of things. Because, like, and you guys, I'm speaking from experience. I was never the best wrestler. I was never the strongest. It was definitely was never the strongest person. And I never had the most power when I was fighting people. That was, I had to work around what my attributes were. And so I always had to, like, when I fought guys like Fazeev or guys that were fast and explosive or really strong, I would always clinch with them first. Wear on them, hang on them, knee them to the body, and do whatever I could for that first round. Really try and make it a fast-paced fight. So then in the second, they weren't the same fighter. I knew my conditioning, my recovery, and all those things, and my output were going to be there. I always try to do that. Now, I'm not trying to say RDA should have fought like me. I'm just saying a little bit more. But at 37 years old, 
that's when I started noticing that things were a little bit slower. The output wasn't as much. The the strength seemed like, you know, you're not, you're not, you don't have that testosterone anymore that you had when you were 25, 29, 32. And let's just be honest. It's true. It's you, you're not as strong as RDA was a fucking savage and super strong when he was 28, 29, 30 years old. He's been doing this shit a long time. He is a phenomenal fighter. And last night, he showed all of those things, even at 37 years old. He showed he still has a lot left in the tank. Yeah. Well, can he make another title run? I don't think so. And that's not no dig on him at all. No. He's been around forever. He's been the champion. And we're talking it's it's this much is the difference. Uh, yeah. And that's the biggest thing, John, is that when, when you're talking the top 10 guys, especially in this weight class at 155, it's hard to because of the speed. The speed and then, like you said, the pop, the, the output – it stays there. Certain people, they still keep it. Excuse me. Certain people still keep it. Like Michael Johnson had a very good fight last night. A lot of output, super fast, all of those things. He's getting older in age as well. But RDA, his style has never been a lot of output, a lot of output. He's been good. He's had a lot of output before and when he was younger. But it's not like the type of output that, like say, like a Michael Johnson's had where it's pop, 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 long jab, long jab. He's been the walk you down, big leg kick combinations, prep pressure, make you break. That's his style. He's been that bully in the cage because he's so damn good. Um, in, in terms of the stoppage, um, it, look, when fighters, when the fighter is not complaining, I don't think it should be up to other fighters to complain for them. You know, I saw on Twitter last night people saying, oh, I think there was an early stoppage. If I was RDA, I would complain. I'd file. File. Hey, guys. He he knows he knew he knew he got up he, he didn't get up and go would you stop it for he got up and sat there going damn I can't believe I lost he was upset over the fact he knew what the reality of it was he got caught that's how this game goes it's unfortunate but that's that's the nature of the beast when it comes to this type of sport okay and then and for him he understood the situation that because he's delivered that to many of people he's done that to a lot of people and so the fact that it was done to him last night. He just sat sat up and goes, shit, back to the drawing board. And he even has very nice words and some very in a very uh, very complimentary to Fazeev afterwards on social media. Was very respectful as he is almost always. Um, it's it's hard to see. It's it's hard to watch someone like an RDA start seeing a little bit of the downturn. But like I said, he still has a lot left in the tank. Look, you have guys that are still fighting that that you know like are on their like you know like Cowboy just went. He knew what was going on. He doesn't love it anymore. The speed wasn't there. The you know, yeah. he just doesn't love it anymore. RDA seems like he still loves it. Yeah, you know, there's certain guys. He, he does. seems like he still love it. He loves it. You know, you got Joe Lazan, who's kind of on his way out as well. Jim Miller looks like he still loves it. Still looks like he still gets motivated. There's a fire under his ass. You know, he keeps finding a win. He's finding that W. You know, somewhere in there, and he's doing a great job. So as long as you still love it, I think RDA will be back. Um, I don't. I don't want to. I don't. I, I want to want. I don't want to leave this conversation right now without saying how great he is. I have to make sure that everyone understands. I was supposed to fight him several times when I was back with the UFC during that Nate Diaz time, and then uh, the Pettis fight got offered to me, and I took that fight instead. But we were scheduled to fight. We were actually booked. We signed contracts and everything, and uh, then they pulled that fight, and I was supposed to fight Pettis, and that fight fell through. But he is a uh, he is a stud. He was someone that I was kind of excited to fight, and I was concerned about too. He really kind of. A little fire under my ass, more so than Anthony Pettis did, even though it was for the title, because I knew RDA was a dog, oh, I, yeah. and I knew I knew there was ways to beat Pettis. Whereas with RDA, I was like, 
shit, I don't know. I, I got to figure out a way to beat this guy. He can walk forward. He can put pressure. He's got heavy hands. He's got vicious, nasty leg kicks. Yep. You know, and he's got wrestling. He's got good jiu-jitsu. I'm like, good jiu-jitsu. Shit. He's got he, it all. He, he, I go, he's a, he, I go, he's a, he's another version of me. He's not great anywhere. He's good everywhere. But then I also got concerned because I knew he had a gas tank. I knew he was strong. He was a big SOB for someone. He looked like he cut a lot of weight, which he did at the time. That's why he fought at 70. Yep. And I was a guy that never cut a lot of weight. So I'm like, damn, how am I going to beat this guy in a three-round fight? It's going to be a tough fucking fight. So I've got to give this guy his due. He's always been super respectful, too. He's kind of like he's kind of quiet. You know, when you see him in the halls, you see him in the elevator, you see him through. He never like he's always very respectful, but he doesn't really say a whole lot, you know, uh, but definitely a dog when it comes to fight. I love always watching him fight. So I'm looking forward to seeing him back in there and making some changes. That's it. There, there are guys out there with, you know, you classify. <clears throat> RDA is a fighter's fighter. He's a guy. He's like you said, a dog. He loves the fight and he's in the fight. and He doesn't give an inch. Even when he is, and when we talk about being the hammer or being the nail, even when sometimes he's being the nail, there is no give in that guy, mm -hmm. none. No. And that tells you exactly who he is. And you know, I, I hope that uh, you know he moves on and, and continues on in his career because he is fun to watch. But I don't want to stop you know this in any way without telling people, Fazeev, he's yeah. coming, man. He's getting better, and he, I mean he's getting way better. He's not doing as many of you can, and this is what you you can see when guys are fighting better fighters. You watch their that flash starts to kind of go away when they can play with the the guys down when they're first coming up and everyone's like getting all excited about them and they're doing all these flashy different techniques. So they can do that because they realize, oh, I'm way better than you. Oh, I can do this, and you see when they're going against someone who's good. Slow those things down because they don't want to make the mistake that's going to give the opportunity to that good opponent to possibly, you know, get one up on him and stuff. And so you can see that Fazeev is getting better and better. His takedown defense is outstanding. I think that his training with, uh, you know, Nick Lentz is doing a good job with him. And, and mm. if, there, if there's a guy that you can look at, you know, the Carney was not the flashiest fighter, but he was unbelievable when it came to being tough and good on the ground and good in the clinch. And now Fazeev is getting good at those areas and stuff because you saw how RDA was able to take Paul Felder down, you know, multiple times. And Paul had really worked on his grappling. He wasn't able to do it with Fazeev. And, and there was just that little bit of difference that kept him, you know, upright for most of the fight. And so, yeah. congratulations. Oh, you, look great. You know what? During that fight last night, the part that let me know that it was going to be a long night for RDA is when he had that, I think it was a single leg. These went to switch to a, to oh, a yeah. body lock and yep. he got hip tossed. I was like, Ooh, this is not going to be easy for you. That yeah. was the turning moment for me one. in my mind. I said, you're not, you're, you may not get this win. That's when I realized I'm like, I, cause I always thought like, he's just wearing him down. He's, you know, he's got to have a little more output. Maybe you can press him to, to slow him down. But then when I saw that, I was like, Oh, you're you're not getting these takedowns like I thought you were gonna get them. I, I thought maybe like by round two, three, you're gonna be getting takedowns a little bit easier and making them work, and it never came. Mm -hmm. No, it never came. Like they never had the no. control, never had the damage you needed. To, you know, from the top position to get the takedowns, and, which and gives to do you the work. Which gives you a lot of you know. You gotta look at Fazeev and say, hey, this is a guy who he wasn't slowing down. He never because when you get tired, 
that's when you start to make the mistake that'll end up creating the takedown situation. And I, I mean, that's once, once they're already in the clinch. Little things as far as basic movement and balance and, and where you put your hands and stuff. He didn't make those mistakes, which is telling you he's thinking, he's in shape, he knows what he's doing, he knows what he has to do to stop what's occurring, and he's making it happen. The other thing, too, is that people should take away is that Muay Thai guys have some of the best clinches. And just because, <laughs> oh, they oh they can't stop a takedown, that's a bunch of bullshit. Because they find ways to use their forearm to grab on the head and hang on the head, to stuff your takedowns, to keep you at bay, using the knees to make you pay every time you you take a, uh, you shoot a shot that is from too far away. All of those things are things to be considered. He is obviously a phenomenal kickboxer, and he was the head coach, I believe, at Tiger Muay Thai Tiger in Thailand. Muay Thai, yeah. So he's put his work in, and I've talked to several people that have trained MMA guys that have trained out in Thailand, and they've all said, you get one of these little 125-pounders, 135-pounders on your neck and your head, you ain't getting them off you. He's like, you can't shoot t double legs. He's like, they just control you right into their knees. They push your body. They use your momentum. And that's it seems like that's kind of where he's at because RDA was a beast always in the clinch. And Fazeev had answers for it all the time, every moment, every step, knees to the body, all of those things. He was controlling that clinch. He fought a fantastic fight. And now he's going to, you know, and I, lo I love, this is the other thing we got, we can't pass up. I love this call out. Justin Gaethje is a perfect, perfect oh. fight. I love that call out. I'd like to see maybe the Dustin, the Dustin fight. Cause he is making nope. his way up and dust, but I think mean, Justin Gaethje and him would be fireworks. Fireworks. I'll take that fight all but, day long. Okay. Let's just be honest. And this is, this is the whole thing about this. Is why it's called the human highlight. Who, when you look at Justin, Everyone that you put again, oh, that's a great fight. Oh, that's a great fight. Oh, that's yeah. a great fight. And that's because you know what you're getting with Justin Gaethje. He's going to come yeah. out and he's going to he's going to throw down. He's going to be who he is and he's going to give you excitement. And that's, that's yeah. He doesn't have to worry about he doesn't have to worry about Fazeev trying to take him down. No, you know that's that's uh, that's one thing. And it's so funny in Fazeev's interview is oh, his kicks are shit, but they've got power he's like but they got power and he throws them and they're effective you can't be mad at that like that's no, the thing they no. don't look pretty when i first saw i don't care how pretty throwing, it is is it effective exactly that is the number one thing i used to look at his kicks i'm like what the fuck are those and but then i'd see people going down with leg kicks i'm like oh this guy's got oh, some power obviously he hits, they're heavy he the, yeah he hits the same pot he hits the same spot he's got some pop on them and they're obviously heavy so it's like that's that's Gaethje, man. He's got dogs. He's got dogs. Big power in his hands, too. So that should be a fun fight if they make that fight happen. Yep. All right, let's move right into the next one. <laughs> wow. Just going just gonna to put it the way I thought Pahalo had the, the advantage in this fight. I didn't think he had the advantage that I saw as far as he dominated this fight. Yeah, it was a decision, but... Petrosian was in no position except when he was standing above him, you know, throwing kicks at his legs and stuff. That was the only time he ever did really any damage at all. And that's the only time that he was ever in a position to actually, you know, be in control of the fight. And as soon as, you know, they would separate, boom, right back into the double leg, taking him down. You know, the first two rounds had him down and had him in trouble, you know, multiple times. I was, I was, I don't want to say, I, I thought that Kyle Bahalo was going to win the fight. That was, mm -hmm. I thought he had the advantage, but I expected more out of Petrosian. I don't know why. I, I After I watching too. his fight, and, and this is why, 
He fought Rodriguez, Gregory Rodriguez, who is a goddamn beast on the ground. And right now, Gregory Rodriguez was watching that fight going, yeah, that's how I should have fought him because he would have walked away with a win. Yeah. <laughs> and Gregory Rodriguez's stand-up has gotten you know, really good, but his ground game is fantastic. And you look, and after watching him with Rodriguez, I was like, look, he, he can cause a lot of problems for uh, Barjalo in this and no, no, not at all. Yeah. This wasn't there. And sometimes, you know, maybe it wasn't his night. It just, you know, things weren't working for him. He was tough throughout the fight, but it just, he always was a step behind in this fight for the most part. You know, as well as I know that when it comes down to, it's a snowball effect. Yeah. You thought the guy was going to maybe fight you one way and you lost a takedown and you're like, shit, this isn't the way it's supposed to go. You know who used to... A fighter that always kind of ran into those kind of guys. It's a guy that I fought. It was KJ Nunes. He wanted everyone to stand with him. Come on, let's stand, let's stand, let's stand. Because he knew that was his one way of winning. You know, yeah. like on the ground, there's no there's no wrestling threat. There's no submission threat. Um, but you know, he would always try to talk you into fighting, fighting him on the feet, especially during the fight, which fucking drove me nuts. <laughs> but in that situation, every takedown I got. He started. You could just you could just tell he started wilting a little bit more. And, and nothing against him. He's a phenomenal. He was a phenomenal fighter. Tough dude. Yeah. He just you knew that he's like, damn it. You can see the frustration setting in. I'm gonna lose yeah. again this way by just being taken down. But he didn't want to make any changes. You know. Um. It really just came down to like, damn, this is it's a snowball. Like your attitude changes in the cage. You're not happy anymore. Like you're you start fighting a little bit more frustrated and angry and. And you could just see it was working to his benefit. And this fight had the very similar feel to it. Every time Prozhozhian got taken down, he's like, shit. And then he couldn't get away. Got his back taken. It was like, spent the whole, I think the whole first round with uh, Barhalo on his back. And he's like, shit, what the fuck? You know, and so when you get back up, you're like, okay, I got to wipe that round off. Then you get taken down again early in the second. And you're like, damn it. Okay. And then it ends up, you know, then, then you're like, okay, I'm down too. You know what he's going to do, but you can't stop it. And yep. then you're just, you're just, fuck, it's over already. It's like so fast. You don't realize fighters, not so, not fighters. We know how fast the rounds can go in a three round fight. Even though people are at home going, oh, yeah, three rounds. We had five rounds to do it. It goes by so fast. You don't realize until you're going, damn, I lost the first two rounds already. What the hell's going on? You need to get the, you know, and fighters and people at home are going, you got a whole round. You're like, yeah, but if you got taken down in the beginning of the third round, you're you're like, man, I got four minutes. How many how many times <laughs> in, you know, when you were cornering people? How many times did you have fighters that lost rounds? As far as they thought it was the second round coming up when it's the third round. Yeah, and they're like, no, 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 this is the second. No, no, this is the third no, round, the dude. Third. <laughs> you go, and they're like, are you are you sure? Mm-hmm. No, it's like, yeah. Well, that's why that's why there's such a big. That's why you always hear uh, sayings like. You know, I trained 10 weeks for this. Leave it all out there. It's because a lot of fighters, they train 10 weeks, 8, 10 weeks, 6 weeks, whatever it is. And then they don't leave it out there. What are you going to do? You can't You can't save it for later. Nope. Fucking let it all go. I, and all I, use, I use the Tony Ferguson fight in my situation all the time. It's because I got my ass kicked for two rounds. And in that third round, I was like, fuck it. Go for broke. Yeah, after, You're still going to have it. After that second round. Yeah. That That's the one where you go. Man, I've done. I, what do I do? And when you come back out, and I'm gonna giving you props, you come back out in the, the third round, and you change it around, and you 
you become competitive in it, it's like it says everything because man, it's not an easy thing to do. No, and because we've, we've got a couple of fights in here that were like that. And that's the thing, people fighters will sometimes go, look, I've already lost the first two. Let's just get through this third round and be okay with it. Like yeah. I want to go back and I'm like, I was like, absolutely fucking not. Like that that was the thing. Like, you need to have there's a switch. At the end of the day, you have an L next to your name no matter what. That's it. It doesn't matter how you look at it. You have an L next to your name. So however you decide to fight that third round, that's on you. And I'm not going to knock people for not trying to get after it. But I was like, there's just no way, man. Like, I lost the first two rounds. I didn't train 6 to 10 weeks or whatever it was I did for that camp. But also didn't train 20 years of my life to fucking just lay down at the end. And it's like, let's just get it on. Especially at 37. I think I was almost 38 at the time. Yeah, I, was, I think I fought him in July. So I was, I was about to turn 38. And it's just, I look at myself, I'm like, nah, this is what I want to do. You want to push yourself to be on. There was moments in that third round when I fought Tony where, like, he had turned his back and I just didn't have the energy to jump to the back and try and get the neck or anything like that. I was like, ah, it just wasn't my night. But I, at the end of that fight, I got back in the locker room and I think I've told this story and I was like, I got in the shower and I was like, I, I was so, I don't know if it was from the blood loss, whatever it was, but I was shivering. Like shit, and I and I had the hot I had the hot water on. It was hot. It was a full shower. But I had I turned every shower on to make it steam in there, and I was still shivering while I was in the hottest. I think I was burning myself. It was so fucking hot. I knew it felt hot, it, but I just couldn't stop shivering. Yeah, and that's just my body was in shock. That's and so when I got yeah, and and I'm not saying every fighter if that's what you want to do, cool. But when you the, the reason why I started this conversation is because at the end of the day, there's still an L next to your name. That's one. Two is there is a frustration that goes along with it. And some fighters want to just kind of say, hey, third round's done. I can go home, live another day. Great. You know, or just say, hey, I got I get that L, but I'm going to go out fucking try my hardest. Yep. So not every fighter is that way. Sometimes, they, you know, especially young fighters, they go, nah, you know what? I'm going to wait till the next one. So I had nothing to lose, man. I was 37 years old, about to be 38. I was like, fuck, you're old. Get over it. (laughs) You old son of a bitch. It's your time. All right. Well, hey, next fight. This was a fantastic fight. Oh, God damn. You talk about a guy that's fast, fun to watch as far as technique. And and this comes with every Dagestani fighter, everyone with the last name of Nurmagomedov, whether they're related to the man or not. Mm Mm-hmm. Everyone's going to say, oh, he's going to be grappling. He's going to be shooting takedowns. They're not all the same. And this is one of the things with a lot of Dagestani fighters. A lot of them come from a Taekwondo background. They really do. And they, they're really into the spinning kicks and stuff. Guys like Zabit. You know, that's he has that background of stand-up and then learned wrestling along the way and became very good with wrestling. Well, Saeed Nurmagomedov, this guy... That fight, I just want to say the whole thing. Douglas Silva de Andrade. Holy dude, shit. Dude, he's a tank. Yep. And a tough dude because he took a lot of shots. And it was we were we were bouncing back and forth on on text. You know, I, and at the end of it, I said, sometimes, you know, as the judge, you got to say, you know, which guy would I rather be? Yeah. And that was the real difference in this fight was I thought that, you know, Andrade fought hard, did a lot of things that were good took a lot of big shots at times but he's the one that took the damage for the most part yeah he knocked uh Nurmagomedov down the one time 
I didn't think that Nurmagomedov was that hurt from it. He did get knocked down. No doubt it was a clean knockdown. I still would have given Nurmagomedov that round based upon all of the shots that he laid on Andrade earlier throughout the round and the fact that I didn't think he was that hurt. But this was a phenomenal fight between two guys really going after it. And it really looked like Nurmagomedov in the beginning had that whole thing with the oh the ronda rousey you know won her first you know so many fights you know in the first minute and it was this chance to tie it with the ufc with the no. third he, he tried you can see it right away and as soon as entourage clinched and put him against the cage and he was kind of stuck there he's kind of like hey you bastard <laughs> but, <laughs> but it really uh, turned into it just a that was an outstanding fight that was the second best fight of the night i thought yeah, I it, it was, was really really a good fight to watch. It was fun to watch. I thought there was good technique, especially by Nurmagomedov. The the dude is good, and he's going to be a problem for a lot of people. I agree with you. Um, he's in 135 pounds, but so is the other Nurmagomedov, which is Umar. They're That's both right. at 135, so that makes for fun. I guess apparently they're they're like childhood friends, kind of you know, obviously same area. But the biggest thing is they have I similar away, styles. They do. They do. Like you have Usman, which is uh, his uh, Umar's little brother. Mm -hmm. So the two of them, and then you've got, um, and the, you know they've got that Taekwondo style background. Like I, that's why I praised uh, Umar so much because his wrestling wasn't great when he came into AK when he was 19 years old. It was good, but it wasn't great. He came from the Taekwondo style background, like you're talking about, and this style here, which the uh, Said has. It's I like he's so fast. He's you can tell he's just he's he's very quick with the kicks, the the uh, question mark kick, the side oh, kicks, beautiful. the spinning kicks. You know, a lot of these guys, even um, who's the one that is with Bellator, the um, Tiger, um, oh, Magomed Magomedov. Even he uh, like he he has a Taekwondo style stand up. He trains with Zabit and uh, Zabit's brother uh, Kassan. And so, yeah, he has that style of back, a lot of spinning stuff, a lot of side kicks, a lot of spinning kicks, a lot of a lot of spinning back fist, all of that. So they, they have that different style. But I felt like DeAndraj, he just in the first round, maybe even somewhat through the second round, he had a hard time figuring him out going, hey, what are you going to do next? There were so many different ways he was attacking he was on the trying feet. to figure out how to get within range, because when he was on the outside of that range, he was having. No luck with anything, and he started he started ducking his head to get in there a lot and stuff. And I was like, "God, you got to be careful with that." But yeah, look, super tough. You know that it, it, that's the kind of fight that tells you, "Hey, this guy, this guy's a fighter. He'll fight." Because he, he was having a hard time throughout. He never gave up. He never gave in. He never, in 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 any way, tried to you know seed the battle, saying, "Oh, this guy's just too fast, too good. I can't get to him." He was always looking for his way to score and always looking for his way to get into him. So even when he got in on the deep takedowns on the single legs and stuff, Saeed yeah. hit, was hitting him, just kept repeating, repeatedly hitting him, and then he eventually dropped the leg, or he was able to. If he did get it, like get him to the fence, he was defending really well, making him pay elbows to the back. Saeed was always working hard, but like I just said in the last fight, Deandraj in the third round picked up the pace and had a very good third round. I don't know if he won it. I don't think he did, but it was still close. I gave DeAndre a second round when he dropped him. You and yeah. I were texting back and forth. Yeah. I said, I, I have it 1-1 going into the third. And Saeed looked like he was slowing down a little bit. He wasn't on as on balance. Uh, DeAndre was able to kind of hit him and touch him sometimes and kind of knocked him off balance. 
you know, when he was catching them, throwing the spinnings, he saw it, started seeing the spinning stuff coming a little bit easier in that third round. Um, I didn't, ha- I had a 29, 28. I don't know if you gave him the second or the third because DeAndre did have a pretty good third round. So it depended on how the judges scored it. I don't know which rounds they gave him, but I, I had it 29, 28, but I still gave it to Saeed. It was a good fight though. There like was. you said, it was, it was the second best fight on the card. Yep. Uh, next fight. Chase Sherman against Jared Vandera. Like, you know, this this it was a, it was a this was a good fight. Both guys fought hard, and it was it's one of those ones though you look at and you go, you watch both of these guys when they fight, guys of their level. They put on good good performances. They fight hard. You know, they take big shots. You know, Chase Chase has had those moments where he's looked really good on his feet, and his head movement looked good in this fight, and he was doing some good things with Vandera. And then I, my problem is, I you know, I, I watch him, and then I know, put him up, that's that next step up, he becomes the punching bag. It's just there's a difference in levels. This is the level that he is at. This is the level that Vandera is at. They were perfect for each other. I thought they both put on a hard fight, tough fight. I thought it was a good win by Sherman. He, you know, definitely going after him in the third round. I think they, they said the judges, I think it was like two of them had it even. One of them had Chase Sherman up. But he went after Vandera, put a lot of hard shots on him. Vandera at the end, you know, couldn't, you know, weather the storm of it. But it was entertaining. And going into it, I, I was looking at, you know, th- this is one of those fights, just to be honest, looking at you go, it has no relevance in anything. There's nothing, you know. Neither guy's moving up, you know, far. They go. This is a this is a fight that you know that their moms want to watch, and because that's really you know who who has interest in it. But it was a it was a good battle, and it was a good fight by both guys. Chase Sherman, I thought looked really good. The head movement looked good. Vandera's tough as hell. It's just a matter of where do you go with both guys. John, you know that the the heavyweight division is not a stack division, so they're trying to keep whoever they can around. Yeah, that's the biggest thing. Well, because these yeah, guys and how Chase old is has been Chase? in and out of the UFC? But how Multiple old is Chase? Times. He's not he's that old. What 30? 32. 32. So I mean, they, you know, with heavyweights, they can fight a little bit longer. You know, if they don't get knocked out every time they fight, um, they can fight a little bit longer. But that being said. Uh, Chase won the first round. At least that's the way I scored it. And then yep. I had Chase losing the second, and he yep. was losing the third. And uh, what I liked was that he finally actually bit down on his mouthpiece and landed some shots and was able to get him out of there. That has to do with making sure, like, hey, that you you win that that third that third round decisively. He was not winning that third round. No, he was that moment when he finished him. And um, but like I would have to agree with you, it was a good fight. They're both at the same level. I had yeah. Vandera being a little bit more. Especially in the first round, he had a hard time because Chase was a little bit faster and had a little bit more cleaner uh, punching style. But as he started getting tired, as he started kind of getting hit with some shots, I don't know if it was a confidence or I don't know if it was just things started loosening up too much. He was opening up too wide when he was throwing his combinations. He wasn't putting as much uh, output. There wasn't as much output. So Vandera didn't have to respect him as much. And all of those things start to trickle down to Vandera running away with the fight, which he was doing until that third round when he got caught. He was winning that third round he pretty convincingly. He started taking over. Yeah, he yeah. started taking over. And I was like, holy shit. So I could see how the judges had him, you know, the judges probably had him win in the round, uh, Vandera, until that, that last finishing um, sequence. Now, in that last finishing sequence, 
we've talked about guys who pretty much, and we're going to talk about them later on in some in some fight news as well. Fighters that get knocked out on their feet that don't go down. There was he, I know he ended up finally going down to his butt, but yeah. he took a lot of shots against the fence. Boy, he did. And the ref the ref did a good job. He was really trying to give him every chance he could to get him, you know, give him the moments that he needed to stay in the fight. But it wasn't it wasn't enough. It wasn't enough, and then he finally just kind of ended up crouching down into you know into a fetal position against the fence. But but I I thought it was I thought for two heavyweights that there, it really there was not there wasn't a was lot entertaining. To be relevant about it was an entertaining fight. Yeah. It was. I would say it's probably in that third maybe fourth area there for the best fight of the night. Yeah. You know because they didn't have a, like and I'm not taking a dig. But the fights just they they weren't all that great last night. Well, and that's I because you're talking about the next fight. Yeah, <laughs> but but I go ahead, go ahead, John. You can go ahead and run away with this because John's texting me, man. Turkios is great. He's this. Said, he's Turkios that. Is, he's fun, he's to, fun watch. to watch. Turkios he's good. I I'm enjoy like, watching him. And then, just, my God, punching yeah. air. How many times can you punch air? I don't know. I mean, I'm looking at, and I've watched Ricky Turkios fight multiple times. He's he's a high output guy, and he comes. At, you you've got to know when you're not hitting, or you're hitting arms, you're hitting shoulders. You're not yeah. touching your man, and you're getting touched. You gotta you gotta change up what you're doing, and you know Zahabi, you know obviously is the brother of Frost. Fought a very good fight as far as technical. He fought technically. He fought as a counterfighter, and it was let him come in. I'm gonna as he comes in, I'm gonna score my counters. That's what he did. It was boring. I'm just gonna put it out there. The, the whole fight was boring. It just wasn't a good fight to watch. As far as I'll give it that the the technical side from Zahabi in his counters, but in my opinion, Tercios was giving him stuff at times, and it was like you've got to understand and change up. And I'm listening to Tercios's corner and they're talking about, you know, that you had a baby, you know, he's, you know, beautiful defense, beautiful defense, beautiful defense. And it's like, that defense is not fucking winning you the fight. You got to score. And it just um, wasn't there. And this was one of the, my, one of the fights that I went and went, it, it just wasn't yeah. a good fight to, not to watch, not fun. Tercios is this is, I look at it as you're coming off winning the ultimate fighter. And we've seen in the past that the ultimate fighters, the winners usually get fed fights that they're supposed to win. Yep. And this was a fight that he was supposed to win. Yep. And I don't know if he came in with just that arrogance of I'm the, I'm the ultimate fighter winner. I'm going to just walk through these guys da, 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 because that's kind of the, the attitude that I, that I had seen when fighters do something that's out of their norm, when he started yelling, woo, yeah, like and started doing that stuff in the cage. That lets you know that he's not focused on getting the win. I know, I, know, I know there are some fighters that do that, but we've talked about guys like Kevin Holland talk a lot in the cage. Yeah. That's relaxation. I get it. But look at the fights that he's done that too much. That's and right. He's lost. That's right. And in this fight with Tercios, he's not that's not that's not who he is. Well, it, it, it all comes down to this, Josh. No matter what, you try to do two things at one time, you're not going to be very good at either. That's very true. That's very true. I mean, I got I, it's so funny you say that because I, you know, like going through the process of I had my gyms, I have the podcast, I've got Bellator, I've got, you know, I'm like doing other things. 
got rid of the Jews because I wanted to spend more time working on this show. I want to spend more time creating more content for here. I want to spend more time doing more research on all of our fighters that we have for Bellator, as well as fighters that are, you know, out there in the realm that we yep. just haven't, we haven't found yet. I love this game so much that I want to spend as much time dedicating to learning about the new up and coming fighters, as well as the ones that are in the UFC and in one and PFL and, and obviously in Bellator and spending more time bringing knowledge to the show you can't do all three and four things it's the people that spread themselves out so thin that are never good at anything spread yourselves out thin cool figure out which ones you're very good at and figure out which ones you're having the most success at now stick with that and do better at it get rid of the other stuff anyways um i don't think tercios just it like i said it looked like he got caught up in the hype and the fame and not not the fame but the hype and the (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh, I, I won the ultimate fighter. This I'm, I'm going to win this fight just because of that. No, that's not how it works, man. Nope. It's a hobby. Always comes in that tri-star, man. They always come in with a great game plan. Always it was a great game plan. It was boring, but it was a great game plan. That's right. Yep. Uh, all right. Now, to me, obviously, hands down, fight of the night. There was just oh. there was no comparison for any other fight on this card. Uh, it was a fantastic fight from beginning to end. I'm going to have to agree with you, John. I went with Michael Johnson. We were texting back and forth. I thought Michael Johnson won. When it comes down to it, though, it was one of those fights. They were so close back and forth. I don't know, man. I'm not going to blame the judges. It was no no, way. Was it a robbery? It wasn't a robbery. No, it was not a robbery. It comes down to the first round where you had Michael Johnson land a shot on Malarkey and hurt him, hurt him bad. And then there's a little bit of, you know, a, a lull because they go to the ground and it's where Malarkey's holding on to uh, the arms and gloves of Michael Johnson. And he's trying, he, you can see Michael Johnson actually conversing with his corner, you know, through cues of, yeah, I know I'm going to get up. I'm going to get up to, you know, get him back on his feet, but he couldn't because he couldn't get his arms free. So it was hard for him to get up. Finally, he's able to get up. Malarkey has gotten enough time where he survived and then, Late in the round, he hurts Michael Johnson, and Johnson was in trouble. And it's a real question of who, if you if you equate those and you take those and you say they're even, then you got to go with who did better as far as doing more damage with the other shots and everything. It was close. I thought that Michael Johnson still won the first round. I would have given him the first round. He obviously loses the second round. And then in the third round, he comes back, and he should have won that round. But yeah. It was a it was a good fight. Malarkey shows he's just tough as hell. There's something about, you know, he's got confidence in training with Volkanovski and he believes in himself. And I don't know how many of those types of fights that he can, you know, they they talked and, and Pearson said he was supposed to wrestle. You know, <laughs> I love the fact that you went after him. I love the fact that it was a great fight for me to watch. You can only do so many of those types of fights because you're taking damage in those. Johnson hit him with some big shots. He was able to survive a lot of them, and and you know he looked you know tough throughout. Both guys did. Both guys you know just. I actually thought at the end of the second, I thought Michael Johnson's done. He's in trouble. Yeah. And he came back in that third. Man, I gotta give it to him. He looks so good with the jab. The jab was the difference in that third round. He started relying upon it. It's he still got speed. You don't have to put a ton of power on it. You just got to keep on frustrating him and hitting him. And he did. 
Malarkey had his moments. This was a just a beautiful fight by both guys throughout. Fun to watch. Both guys took some big damage. Both guys showed that they're dogs and they have no quit. It was this was just an outstanding fight. And like you said, I I thought Johnson won, but I can't I can't sit there and say it was a bad decision. It was close. Yeah, I thought it was one one going into the third, and I thought Michael won the third. I mean, but when it comes down to the judges, and I'm not going to sit here and say it was a robbery. It really no. came down to which angles the judges could see the fight, and <clears throat> and how they scored the the shots that they saw. Yep. You know, and I, I've I've I, what I do now when I'm working for Bellator and I'm up at the desk is yes, you do all the time. I come go, running, I, and you sit there near the judges. I do <laughs> one of them. <laughs> I sit next to one of them, and it's, the, it's pretty much the same table, but it's always a different judge. And I and I actually sometimes will film what the judge is looking at on his monitor. And sometimes all he sees is an ass. That's all he sees. All you see is an ass. You see no opponent underneath. You see no shots being landed. You don't see shit. You don't know it's if it was tough. a good elbow that landed. All you hear is the uh, uh, uh. That's it. <laughs> you know, so as Those a are fighter, an indicator. <laughs> yes, as a fighter, but you don't know if it hit his forearms. You don't know if it landed clean because you don't see anything except for the ass go up and down. That's, tough. That's it. And so when you're looking at the other two judges, they have a better view. Now, I don't know what the judges saw in the third round, but I had it for I had it for Michael Johnson. I thought he fought a fantastic fight. And I'm not here to take anything away from Malarkey. No. He fought a damn good fight. Hell yes. um, both of them, I would love to see them run it back because it was so damn good. <laughs> Uh, you can only, but for both of them, you can only crash your Ferrari so many times, as Big John likes to say, before it ends up being a Buick. Yeah. And and that's kind of how it ran last night. Is these two guys, they left it all out there. I loved every second of it. They were both kind of wobbly at moments. Um, I thought I thought that Michael Johnson's knockdown was more effective in the first yep. than it was because uh, Michael Johnson got sure he got dropped and kind of stumbled. He didn't go all the way down until he started fishing for the leg. So yeah. he was still there the whole time, whereas Malarkey, he got sat really to his ass. Yeah. And so that being said, I went with the Michael Johnson knockdown over the other one. And then the third, I just had I had the cleaner, harder shots being landed. And I think also to that very last combination, I think is what I text you. He landed the harder, cleaner shot in that very last combination with like 10 seconds left. And but I'm not mad. I'm not mad no. at how this thing was. It was never a robbery. And I can feel this way about it, and I'm going to feel this way about a thousand more fights as we talk about more of them. This yeah. was a great fight. Yeah. Shit end. Someone always got to lose. That's the problem. That's it. But it was a great fight. I, I I was supposed to fight Michael Johnson. He's another guy I was supposed to fight. And uh, he pulled out like, I don't know, 10 days, 14 days before, and I ended up fighting Bobby Green. And so that was a fight that happened. And um, But he, he was a guy that I was... I wasn't concerned about in terms of his wrestling. I was concerned about in terms of his speed because he had a good output. I knew for me mentally back then, I knew I could break him. I knew he was someone that if you wrestled him enough, because at that time he was a different fighter. Yeah. He's not the same fighter he is now. He's got great takedown defense now. Back then, it was suspect. As the people like to say, it was sus. So it was suspect. So it was he had he had he was fast. He would stop the first takedown, but he wouldn't stop the second and the third. He's gotten a lot better. Not only that, he's gotten better at takedown defense. He's fucking phenomenal at getting takedowns. His takedown was so fast last night. He turns the corner really well. He gets in so deep. He turns the corner. He's on their back before they're even sprawling. I'm like, holy shit. And so I'm glad he couldn't wrestle back then when I was supposed to fight him. Well, he I came in as a wrestler. Different. He yeah, but came, he didn't, came into the sport he, as a wrestler. It's just he didn't use it in the same fashion. It wasn't as... 
I don't want to say well, a smooth. It, it just he also didn't have the he didn't have the hands behind it back then that he does now, and it, it, his his ability to use his hands has made his wrestling better. Okay, so look back then, but what I'm looking at is that back then he didn't know how to put the two things together. That's right. But I he agree. also didn't wrestle. He also didn't wrestle because he, he fell in love with his stand up. He realized, yeah. I think, how fast he was in the gym and how he was able to touch people and peace. And there's videos of him going with, think, with, um, oh, with either Usman Jason Jackson. or with Jason Jackson. I think Jason, Jason Jackson would be out there throwing down with all these fucking guys. Yeah. Even the Luke Rockle one is like famous too. But then you got the Michael Johnson one with him and Jason Jackson. They're just going after each other. I'm like, man, you guys, these guys are throwing dogs at each other. And Michael Johnson fell in love with his power and got away from his wrestling. During that time. And sure, maybe he had good wrestling, but MMA wrestling is different than real wrestling, especially when there's punches being thrown at your head. Oh, yeah. But I'm not going to take anything away from, from Michael. I thought he won the fight. Malarkey, I'm not going to take anything away from him. Great job, my Great job, young man. Great job. But like John says, careful how many times you crash that Ferrari, my friend. Yep. Yep. Um, John, before we get in, like, how many more of these fights you want to talk about? I want to say Cody Brundage looked good. I give him credit. He fought, you know, Trius and Gore, who's known for power, having big hands, and Cody Brundage gets the knockout. It was, you know, a little bit of an odd knockout the way it happened. He, but Gore got so hurt in the stand-up. He had the moment where he was on the ground where he was able to slow things down and then got mounted, and as soon as he got hit again, this is what happens when you get hurt. Only takes a light shot to put you out, and he got put out right away. So, mm. but good win by Brundage, Courtney Casey against Shevchenko. I'm just going to tell you right now, Courtney Casey, that was your fight to win, and, and a lot of people are going to think that you did win it. But when you go back and you watch it, you gave her so much respect. If there's if there's one thing that people have seen in fighting, Antonia, is she doesn't do well when people pressure her. She has a hard time with people that come after her, put pressure on her, crush that space, and then try to take her down, and, and that's how they get their win against her. Where she does very well is people that allow her to be on the outside range, control range, and just do a, her kickboxing that she is good at. You let her have that kickboxing range for over two and a half rounds, and that's why, in the end, you lost this fight. You were the better fighter. You should have won this fight. When you decided to just become a dog and go after, you won every second of that fight. I'm sorry. This is where people have to learn about sometimes you have to just be mean. Sometimes it's, you know, style what you just say, I have, I have to walk through this person. They can hurt me. Okay. I still have to do it. and I'm going to do it. And when Courtney Casey was doing that, she, she was winning this fight. And a lot of people are going to complain that, you know, she didn't win it. Now, nah, I, I I can understand where the judges went, and they said, look, she she lost the first round easy. She lost most of the second round, started coming on at the end of it, not enough to make it up, and then she easily won the third round. You should have fought that way after the first round. Once you felt her, saw how where she was good, felt the power that she had, understood the range, just you got to start to walk through it. How many females give her too much respect because of her sister? And you know I'm what? Antonina. It might it, it might be because she's think, look, she's she's not her sister. No, we all know that. Yeah, you know, not even close. But sometimes I think fighters think like she has a trick up her sleeve because of how well her sister fights. Yeah, it's not fair. But the other thing too is it's not fair to judge her because she's not as good as her sister. It's not fair to, to judge her like oh you know we have this expectation that she's supposed to be. But I, someone actually sent me a message, and they said, "What is with her? Why is she not as good as her sister?" I said, "Look." Two people are different. 
Hey, one <laughs> no, person, one per. I don't know. I don't know her. I don't know if she has kids. I don't know if she has a job. I don't know what she does. If she just, if this is like a side training job, I don't know if she's got a husband. I don't know those things or, or if she has a wife. I don't know any of those things. I, I don't know. But I'm saying that when you have two people, I don't care if they're brother or sister, you don't know what their life situation is. One may be working a full-time job and taking care of, you know, two kids and a husband or a wife or whatever they're doing. And the other one is dedicated only to that, to their, to their craft. That's it. True. You don't know what the difference is. It's yeah. like saying like, how come, uh, Amanda Nunez is better than her wife. Yeah. Well, they have different circumstances. They're different people that, you know, like, so when people ask me that, I'm like, they're, they're not the same. That's the even sure. Maybe they have the same bloodline, same DNA, whatever it is. That's they're not the, well, the same it's, though. It's one of the tough things that when when you have a brother and, and you have certain ones, you have you have the Diaz brothers. They're both very similar, very much. You know, the same type of fighters, same type of fight style, everything. You had the Lozon brothers, Dan and Joe, both mm. had different careers. You know, yeah. the Lima brothers. Take a look at you know Douglas and Diego. Yeah. You know, they do things a little bit different, different careers. It's just because they're your brothers and you're related doesn't mean your fight career is going to be the same. That's very true. Uh, any of these other fights down here you want to talk about? I, I wasn't really impressed. I thought the one guy, Kennedy, I Kennedy thought he looked, fought against Carl Rock. He looked and good. And I thought he fought smart. I thought he fought smart. I don't even smart. want to try to butcher this guy's last name. Sorry, man. I'll just call him Kennedy. <laughs> Nanjuku. There you go. There you go. Whatever. <laughs> Kennedy. <laughs> but he, Kennedy, he's good. He, he he's actually, good. He, he was coming off a loss. He's so long. He's got he's got a lot of talent, and I think you know he's he's at Fortis MMA and and Saeed is his coach. And I, I love Saeed as a coach. He's fantastic. I think he's doing a good job with him. I thought Carl Roberson came in there. He was, he's he had the, his idea of how to win that fight, and Kennedy just took it away. Took away all of the elements that he thought he was going to be able to do, and by doing something that I don't think that Carl was ready for in that he didn't expect him to wrestle him, to take him down, and that he was going to be having a guy on the top position on him throughout the fight. He carried that weight for over two rounds. And in the third rounds, instead of going after the choke, he opened up with big elbows. And I always tell people, you want to get a referee worried, start elbowing someone in the head. So with Carl, right, he, uh, nothing against uh... – it just he was outmatched last night. Let's just get beyond yeah. that. He looks like yeah. he should be a uh, a middleweight. Well, he's tried, and he has a hard time making that weight. He's so and lean. He, he he was light for the weight, you know. And I think he was he weighed in at like two hundred two. Yeah. So when you see someone come in a little bit light like that, you know, it tends to make you think that oh, he could go down. But he's had problems in going down to middleweight, so he just needs to figure out, you know. Yeah, where he wants to be in his fight style, what he wants to do. He's, he's got lean, he's got good he, coaching. He's lean. He's not, yeah. I think that's part of a big problem. He carries a lot of muscle, and he's he's, he's got a lot lean. of muscle, big legs. Yeah, and he, yeah, big lower you can body. See his abdomen as he rubs down, like he goes down into his like into his uh like lower abs. He's freaking ripped, and you're like, man, yeah. where are you gonna get the weight from? But I looked at him last night. I'm like, against Kennedy, I'm like, you're way smaller than Kennedy. Yeah, wait, well, not even by a little bit. I mean, you got Kennedy six five. Jeez, I want to say he's six no. five, and you know he's got a freaking long ass, you know, eighty some inch reach, no. eighty three inch reach. He's got to reach almost like freaking uh, John Jones. John is, Jones is eighty four. Wow. I mean, anyone's gonna look kind of small comparatively, but it's like me when I tower over podcast Dave. There you go. 
Four foot four. All right. By the way, guys, I don't tower over fucking anybody. If you've ever seen me next to podcast Dave or fucking Big John, like I look like their fucking dwarf son. <laughs> so bad. When we did the video shoots in Hawaii, John. I know. I was like. I looked over. I was like, "What the fuck?" Like, we need a box. I was like, "Are we really? Am I really that much smaller than you?" They're like, "Yeah." I was like, "Oh shit! This is embarrassing. This is embarrassing." Uh, not embarrassing. Oh man, it's just vertically right, challenged that, a little bit. That's gonna wrap up our <laughs> UFC talk. So hopefully you guys enjoyed that little bit of content about the UFC last night. And uh, it is literally four in the morning when we started this show. Well, Ooh, yeah, ready at four in the morning. <laughs> Some yeah. of us took a little longer to get ready. <laughs> laptop problems, Mr. John McCarthy. I don't have a laptop. Cheers. I got a damn base now. I, we, oh. dude, we had we had so much lightning storms and unbelievable. Dude, dude I got three inches of rain in like 30 minutes. It was. I'm, I've never seen so much water coming down. You're not convincing me ever to move to Tennessee. <laughs> With all the, the, the way that you hear the phenomenal. rain on your, did you, on, did you on your not tin see? roof. Chris Cyborg put out something on on uh, Twitter oh, as far that. as I don't, I don't want to see your 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 selfies or anything. Like that. Show me something, yeah. uh, and I had just taken this picture of this double rainbow after yeah. this unbelievable storm, and I said, "Well, here you go." And so it's like it was nice. I get those. Yeah, if you guys if you guys don't follow Chris, man, she always has like some enlightening stuff to put. She puts up some good stuff. She's pretty active yeah. on social. Yep, and happy I'm birthday to, to her. I'm trying to yeah, happy birthday. I'm trying to figure out when the hell she trains because she's on social all the time. <laughs> I think someone's doing it for it. <laughs> smart. Well she's played. Smart. Yes. Oh. All right. Well, let's talk about we've already talked about a little bit about the controversies of fighters, not controversies, <sighs> the issue sometimes of fighters staying on their feet when they're knocked out on their feet. And it just so happens we have a video that we can actually have podcast, podcast day put up of Bigfoot Silva. Who is still fighting, which is probably should be against fighting anymore. Well, not only that, but he's fighting in boxing, which is not where he is good at. He's okay. He's not great. He has slowed down quite a bit. The problem that I have, John, with this as we show this video here is that he's one of those fighters. I had a friend that was very similar. He's a really top level kickboxer, but he got knocked out a couple of times, but he never went down. He's a guy that stays on his feet and just took more shots and more shots. So unless you had a ref that really knew what the hell they were doing, they would take six, seven, too eight many. more punches, too many punches that, that eventually just ruins them. And for, from fight to fight, that would cons consistently happen. And in this situation, I heard he just got knocked out like a couple weeks back. And now he's back again. I don't know how I, I, I people were on Twitter going, he just got knocked out like three or four weeks ago, and now he's already back. And I said, yeah, and he got knocked out again in this fight where he stayed standing and just took unanswered blows for, you know, let's say 10 of them at least. So um, what do you got to say, John? What I got to say is this, is when you, you're going to get all kinds of different views on this. Bigfoot Silva has basically been shut down in North America as far as fighting Jeez. based upon health concerns. Uh, your your regulators have looked at his medicals and said, hey, you shouldn't be fighting anymore. That means that there's things that medically they're seeing that the, the ringside physicians are seeing when he turns in his medicals that they're saying we're, we're seeing problems. Now you have his management. So his management then 
goes and says, okay, we can, we can bypass the regulatory bodies by going to places like Russia or, you know, other places in that area. And we can do fights without having regulation. We can do fights where it doesn't matter what your medical say and you can still get paid. So is his management doing him a favor? I guess in the moment you can say, yes, they're doing him a favor because he's, he's getting paid and he's able to pay his bills and stuff. All I'm saying is you're going to see Bigfoot Silva not having a long life and you're going to see him having a, a, just a plethora of problems coming. And, and we've seen it with too many fighters in the past. You know, pugilistia dementia is real. Now, it, we, we also call it now CTE. All right, but these things are real. And when you've got things like chronic traumatic encephalopathy, which is a real disease that fighters, football players, people in contact sports get all the time. We've had a ton of people lose their lives based upon they take their lives knowing that they have issues. They just don't know how to deal with those issues. That's what we have when you're talking about Bigfoot Silva and he should not be fighting. I, I know it's hard to sit there and say, oh, well, then what does he do? I don't have the answer for that. I, I really don't. But I do know that every shot that he takes is taking days off of his life. And when you watch this, you watch the shots that he takes. Don't, don't even look at all of the shots he takes. I want you to go all the way, Dave. Go to the point where he finally decides after the fight's been stopped, he tries to move. And we're talking about a professional athlete that moves like an 85-year-old man. Because he takes these shots. Finally, this guy stops it. He's stuck in the corner. He didn't go down. Watch, watch him, him start away. to walk. Now, and he's using, what's, what's he using? He's using the ropes for balance, too. And watch him walking away. A professional athlete does not walk that way. A professional athlete doesn't need ropes for balance. He's taking too many shots. He is, you know, if, I don't know how to say it. If we were able to see the damage that that man's brain has taken now from combat sports and now is continuing to take because they're allowing him to fight in other places, it's just, it's a tragedy that his management, his team are still allowing him to fight because you're not doing him any favors. You're killing him. There's a, um, I don't know how to say, like, I'm going to try to put this the best way I can. I didn't take a lot of damage throughout my career, not at least not until towards the end. I think, you know, I had some damage in the Hermes Franca fight. I had some, you know, the Eve side was one shot. <clears throat> it was on the neck, not even so much on the, on the head. Um, and then the Tony Ferguson fight. I didn't take a lot of damage throughout my career. Yeah. And I can tell you guys. That I, I've been blessed enough to where I sure I can still hold a conversation, but there's moments where I'm like, fuck, what was I just saying? And it's not, and it's, it's not, it, and I'm not trying to be a smart ass. And we know everyone says, oh, I left my keys. I don't know where they're at. No, I notice it a little bit differently than most. You, you're aware. And like I said, the, one of the biggest things for not just athletes to be, is to be honest with yourself. Look at yourself in the mirror and say, hey, it's time for me to quit fighting. I'm too, I'm, I'm slowing down. I'm taking too many shots in training. And then in the fight as well, 
it's not even so much the shots you take during this fight. It's the shots you take getting ready for the fight as well yep. in training. So all right. the guys you train with, those guys are piecing you up as well. So there's a lot of times that you understand, like, this is I'm not cut out for this anymore. So all that damage you're taking throughout, it's not just the prep, it's not just the fight, it's the preparation for the fight that allows you to take that much damage. And when you get into the fight and you get knocked out the way he's been getting knocked out, he's gonna he's gonna end up having serious, serious issues. Yes. And and I agree with you, John, that it I blame I would blame a lot on his management. Stop booking him fights. Stop. You're not doing yep. anything for him. And I want to know that you've gotten to that point now as a manager that now you're just a greedy fuck. Thank you. And that's really what it comes down to is why are you booking him fights? Does he need money? Find him another avenue. Get him autograph signs. Do whatever it is you can do to help him that way. Get him sponsors that will pay him 500 bucks a month for him to do autograph signs or, or YouTube videos. Whatever it is. Doesn't matter. Do something else because right now you're you're complicit on helping kill this man. It's gotten to that point, and now you're just a greedy piece of shit. And that's where it really the line needs to be drawn. And sure, you're taking him to other countries, and maybe he thinks you're helping him, but in reality, you're not. I think it's gotten to the point where he doesn't understand what's going on. Like he thinks, oh, I just want to keep. Maybe he maybe no one's ever sat him down and told him, like, hey, you really can't do this. You can't do this anymore. Your time is up. It's over. And as a fighter, that was like, I've, I've noticed and I still, to this day, I will be having a conversation with someone and it's the com the whole conversation is gone. You're like, huh? What were we just talking about? Like, and it's, it's, it's a shitty situation to be in. But like I said, I've been more blessed than a lot of other fighters. I look at a lot of these fighters that we've all admired for years, but they're going to have a lot of problems later on. Oh, you, you, you know, and you, these guys that have been in burners of fights. Oh, yeah, yeah. We just did talk. I I always had my thing of hey, if you get knocked out three times, it's time to start looking for your next moment in life. Mm -hmm. What's what's coming next? Because those three, that's about the limit where you're not going to have really lasting effects. Once you get past it, you start to really have these giant chunks of your life that start to get infected by the damage that you're taking being that professional fighter and how many times you know if we looked up how many times bigfoot silva has been knocked out i mean it's way up there and it's crazy john, to think that this is still occurring john i got knocked out by eves back in like 2003 yeah, or that four. was called a brachial stun you got hit on the nerve of the neck and that's really yeah. what caused it i think your brain was still there your body just couldn't move. I don't think my brain's ever been there. <laughs> but, but that fight, and then again, like when I look at Hermes Franca, I got dropped in that fight. And then when I fought, and then I never really took a lot of damage. I took some damage yeah. in, the, in a couple of the, obviously in the in the Gill fights, a lot of damage in those fights. It was, but it wasn't super bad. It was like little abrasions here, fat lip, little yeah, little no. tiny stuff. That's superficial. But it was, but there was a lot of shots being delivered. I mean, so I, when the, I had bumps on my head. How much for, your brain is getting yeah. rattled? So, and I had lumps on my head in the second Gill fight. I couldn't sleep. I had to sleep sitting up with a neck roll pillow. And the same thing with the Tony Ferguson fight. I took a ton of damage in that fight. I knew the time it came when I fought Patricky and I got dropped with a headbutt. 
And it, when I went back and watched the fight, it wasn't a it wasn't a hard headbutt. No, it wasn't like he hit me. Bam! We actually hit face to face. Yeah, it wasn't like his head went. His head hit me right in my. It was we both just collided face to face. He had the harder noggin, you know, and that's really what it came down to. <laughs> he sat me to my ass, and when I realized yeah, that, look, <laughs> I've ran in. I've ran in like head to head against a lot of these other guys in, in training. Yeah, you do all the time. Banged heads all the time. You bang heads, never been dropped. And in this situation, I got sat, and the rest of it was history. Once you get rocked, you know, it makes it easier to get knocked out. Yep. I just realized it was time. Like, that's only four times. That's that's only two times I've been knocked out. Two times, if you could say two times. There was some damage in the process. The the Hermes Franco fight, I got dropped in the third. The the three Gill fights were all, I took a lot of damage in those. But like all you said, superficial. But it was still, there was a lot of shots in a five-round fight. And then the Tony fight, you know, and and those fights, I, I'm feeling these effects. And I had a lot of fights. I had a lot of fights before I even got to the UFC. He is getting knocked out over and over and over again. Let, go, I, roll that up. Let's I, see what we have here. It's have 12 knockouts. Oh, Jesus. He's been knocked out 12 times? Yeah. Jesus. Knocked out? And what about TKOs? Well, it's a, twelve is a combo. That's all part of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's what they're saying it. on it. Yeah, okay. so I mean, if you want to go down the list, knockout, no. TKO, and these this is just MMA, so this doesn't include any. Okay, boxing. yeah, and that's hold on, that's not that's not all of his fights. That's not even close to all of his fights. They're missing so many fights on there that are being done. Jeez. Uh, that are the the fight you just watched. You know that boxing match. That's not on here. Yeah, boxing's not on. No. Yeah, and he's got a ton, and he's got twelve already. Wow. Wow. Interesting. All right. Uh, well, I mean, we're, we're definitely not ending the show on a negative Nancy situation. I can't no. I can't end like that. But his management needs to they need to stop booking him fights. Yeah. You know, or someone needs to file a lawsuit against them, get them to stop. It's fucking ridiculous. Uh next next what do you got what else you got for us, Dave? All right, let's talk about a couple of fight announcements. So first fight is Sean Brady versus Bilal Muhammad. That's a good fight. I'm that's people a are, good fight. People were criticizing this fight. I called for this fight two months ago or a month and a half ago. Who whatever the it hell was. is criticizing this fight? Everyone's like, oh, two guys that just fucking wrestle and bullshit. Fest. And I'm like, this fight's going to be really good. Yes. Uh, I this mean, fight's going to be at, great. Yeah. Look, what? Um, not Gary Tonin. Who did he? Uh, he beat. Uh, which one? Brady which beat, one? Which one? Sean, Sean Brady, Brady? Beat, uh, oh, oh, not Paul Craig. Uh, no, 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 it was in jiu Yeah. Uh, Craig Jones. Craig Jones. Jesus, yes. man. Josh, there you go. Together. See, that's the moment I'm talking, talking to you guys about. See, forget shit like that. <laughs> it's like right on the tip of my too. tongue. Um, we've had, we've had Sean Brady on the show. He is an absolute stud. Bilal Muhammad is a stud as well. Um, he has a coming off that great win over Vicente Luque. Sean Brady, stylistically, this is a good matchup for him because on the ground, Sean is the better grappler. Yep. More Sean complete maybe grappler. even equally, Sean may be equally as good of a wrestler. On the feet, I would give the slight edge to Bilal. Slightly. Only based on the fact of what I just saw him do to Vicente Luque in the way that he is able to still punch, move, punch, move. It's a very frustrating style to have to deal with. With someone like if Sean Brady's trying to walk him down and throw combinations, he doesn't know where the punch is going to come from. 
There's no win. Bilal is a very unorthodox style of fighting. It's almost like fighting like a Keith Jardine, someone that's herky jerky. You know, you don't know where it's coming from. And then next thing you know, you're getting hit. And you're like, shit. And they're waking you up going, what happened? Like, you don't know where he's coming, whether he's going to wrestle, whether he's going to throw strikes, whether he's going to kick you. You don't know. It's a very unorthodox style of fighting that Bilal has. But his his bread and butter is his wrestling, his ground and pound, his top position, his control. He's going to have a hard time against Sean Brady doing that because Sean's so good on the ground. So this makes for a very fun fight. I think you may, you may end up seeing two guys who neutralize each other on the ground. And Sean's able to stop the takedowns. And, Sean, and there's a threat of a, uh, a big enough threat of the submissions that Bilal may end up having to keep this on the feet. And on the feet, I think it makes for a fun fight where you make two fighters that are not as comfortable in their areas of expertise having to stand and bang. And that yep. should be a fun fight. Yeah, I you said it all it's exactly the way I look at it. I think Sean has his wrestling is really good, also, but his jujitsu is fantastic. Yeah, his stand up is good. Bilal, his wrestling is his his MMA wrestling is really good. Yeah, his submission game it's okay, not bad, but he's not going to submit Sean Brady. His stand up has become much more difficult to deal with based upon. He is now not a flat-footed fighter coming just forward looking for the takedowns. He's got good movement. He's moving in and out, and he's circling out a lot, and he's creating this. He's not just giving you that target that you can go towards and try to attack. He's making it difficult for you. So I look at it exactly like you. I think it's a great matchup. I think this is a fight that the UFC should have put together. It's perfect. It's not maybe perfect if you're Bilal where Sean's ranking is comparatively to yours and stuff like that, but you got to take this fight when they give it to you, and he did. Especially after a fight where you beat Vicente Luque. You're yes. like, okay, I'm ready. I, I should be in that conversation against Colby Covington. Yep. I should be yep, in that yep. conversation for the title, and now you you're go to fight. <clears throat> now you're fighting Sean. Um, I gave Sean a lot, of, uh, a lot of flack for kind of gassing out a little bit in his last fight. It looked like he got a little tired. The anxiety, you know, he was he was pumped. It was his first time, you know, being in the, you know, at, up at the very top when it came to, you know, being on the card. Um, in this fight, he's gonna have to temper down all those emotions, and make sure he doesn't, you know, spend too much energy. The other thing is this a co-main event? Is this a five round? Is it a is it a three round? That will change uh, how this fight is probably fought. And so I want to see where they put this on the card. If it's going to end up being the headliner, if it ends up being a five-round co-main event, because they're yeah, doing that as well sometimes. And so, and Sean, Sean looks like he's physically strong as hell. And like you said, he's got good conditioning. He does have good conditioning. I was giving him a hard time. He's like, came at me hard in the paint after I, I said that about him. And we ended up having it on the show after that. And uh, But he's a really, really good guy. Those Philadelphia boys, man, they're fucking Tuts, just good people. Tuts. They're good it's people, studs. though. Yeah, they are. You got Felder. You got Eddie Alvarez. You got, you know, Sean. I mean. Pat Sabatini. All, Pat Sabatini. Sabatini. He's a tough yeah, so, bastard. You know what I mean? So they're all, they're all uh, you know, they're That's all 145 just good guys. That's a 145-pound menace. <laughs> they're all just good guys. Yep. And so, um, yeah, so this should, I think this is going to be a good fight. Don't sleep on this fight, you guys. Don't be like, oh, don't, don't, don't say too soon. It's going to be a, a boring fight. Don't sleep. This on. one's um, supposedly right. going to be on the pay per view card, so it will be a three round fight. Um, but the, it will be a three round. The okay. next fight, this fight is supposedly headlining a fight night. Um, okay. Mackenzie Dern and Jan Gionan, um, and it's going to be five rounds. 
Mm. That's how what it's been reported. Hey, anytime you want to put Mackenzie Dern as a main event, I'll watch. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I mean, you know, she, look, I've I've said this I think a couple of times. She has turned the corner since having her her daughter. Yeah, like she she has be seems like she's become more focused. She seems like she has a purpose. Everything she is dedicated to the craft now, not just being a jiu-jitsu player. She's working on the stand up. She needs to uh, uh, loosen up a little bit more on the stand up. Open up the combinations, not just the same combination every single time. She does possess some power. She is fast. She's got a long reach and range when it comes to her striking. She's obviously we don't, we don't have to say anything about her jiu-jitsu game. She's fucking absolutely fantastic on the it's ground. It's all right. She needs to work on her wrestling. <laughs> She's having a hard time getting this stuff to the ground, especially as she gets to the top, the the higher competition. So if she can work on that, tweak a little bit. I don't. I mean, like if I was her, I would do more of the the jumping guard, pulling guard, maybe dropping on a leg, and using those type of things um, to get to the ground until her wrestling gets a little bit better. But she needs she needs to she needs to bring in or really find somebody that can dedicate time to helping her with her wrestling. Because your jiu-jitsu is phenomenal, but if you don't have wrestling in this day and age, it don't mean shit if you can't get the fight to the ground. Yeah. That, you have that's an entire, the hardest thing. You have an entire skill set that if the fight doesn't go into a certain aspect, you can't use. Mm-hmm. And the fight starting out isn't an aspect that you can't use it. You've got to yeah. you've got to manipulate the fight into being on the ground for you to now use all those great skills that she has. But I will give it to her. I thought I think her coach uh, coach selection and who she's been with with Jason Perillo and her stand up. I think he's done an outstanding job in getting her stand up much. He doesn't tighter, get enough credit better. as a coach. No, he he's get outstanding. Jason Perillo is one of the best coaches out there. I love the guy. He's you know just outstanding with his people he's you know he's got a lot of guys that you know bisping you know no, 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 go back even further bj penn well go back even further tito ortiz uh, you know, he, he's had a, i don't know yeah. if he did a good job with uh, him well tito's still struggling with the stand tito had a struggling with a lot of stand-up coaches let's but, just skip to bj penn okay because yeah <laughs> you're not I'm helping BJ. the claim that he's a good coach with with tito ortiz <laughs> bj penn Nah, Perillo's been with a lot. Now he's got Cheeto Vera, who's doing fantastic, okay? He had RDA for a bit. Yeah, oh, he had RDA for his championship run. Yeah. When RDA won the championship, that was Jason Perillo as as the guy in his corner, and his stand-up became so much better. So I think you're right. Mm -hmm. She needs to dedicate just, you know, bringing in someone that that clicks with her style, though. Yeah. You know, you can't... Every wrestler is different. Every you know person is you know got their their things that they're going to be good at, things that they're not, and so you've got to be able to you know take what she's good with. I think you know she's good at getting into the clinch, a lot of you know upper body takedowns, some Greco-Roman wrestling, and a lot with you know Henry Cejudo would be awesome with her, you know, teaching her the inside oh, yeah. trip that he uses and things like that. But I I think this is a, a great matchup, one that I just want to see. Mackenzie continue to progress because I've seen her progressing. Yeah. I've seen her in the when all of a sudden she has the difficulty of getting someone to the ground, like she did with Marina Rodriguez. All of yeah. a sudden the fight becomes more difficult, and it's you can see where there's a a lack of knowledge in how to how do I get past this? Yep. And that's just time. You know, she's still young at this as far as how long she's been doing it. Absolutely. And so just give her time. She's she's gonna be there. 
She's going to be someone that's knocking on the door quickly. Yeah. She kind of already is. She's right there. Oh, she's, yeah. She's got to get over that hump. That yep. Marina Rodriguez win would have put her there. But yeah. She, to be honest, it was probably a blessing in disguise because she's not ready yet. Nope. No. I like, agree. If you, were to, if you were to match her, is she, is she at 115 right now or 25? 15. She's at 15, right? 15. Yeah, yeah. She's at 15 now. Because I remember she struggled to make the weight for yeah. a long time. So I wasn't sure if she ended up eventually. Yeah. So 15. Anyways. Look, she's still young. She'll be around for a while. Thank goodness. Thank thank the Lord for all of us. We get to watch her fight for a while. So, <laughs> got to give her a two, man. She's a dog. Don't let the good looks fool you. She's a she's dog. Tough. She can get after it, man. She throws some dogs, and she's phenomenal on the ground. It's like watching Pablo Picasso paint oh. fucking artwork. She's phenomenal yep. on the ground. Yep. Uh, what else you got for us, Dave? Uh, Paige Van Zandt has been announced for the BKFC London card. The... Um, MVP and uh, Mike Perry. Ah. Are they the main event or are they just... No, is this, the, well, what is the MVP and Mike Perry's the main event. MVP and Mike Perry's main event. Thank CTE. goodness. <laughs> no, I didn't know. I didn't look into it. I'm just like, hey. I have no idea who nah, Carissa Sagala is. is. I don't know either. I love... Sorry, I'm, so, I'm love, sorry, Carissa. Um, look, this is another female, though, like, uh, like I said about with Mackenzie Dern. Don't let the good looks fool you. She she throws down. She takes a shot. She delivers the shots. She's been coming up on the short end of the stick. You know, um, she she's a really nice person. Yes. I I had only like I'd met her in passing years, you know, before and and all around, you know, and from the fights and stuff. But then I hung out with her and her husband after um Austin's uh fight in Mohegan Sun. No, he was at the, the press table with us. No, he wasn't, yeah. He didn't fight. It was yeah, he was at he was at the at the desk with us. Yes. I had met him and we went out gambling. We had such a good time. We had so much fucking fun. We actually won money, which I think made it more fun. That's why you had fun. Yeah, but it was if you, but if it you was had lost fun. money, it would have been near as fun. We had a great time and uh she was fun to be around, great conversation, great energy, you know. Austin is just an absolute just not only just a great person and a great fighter, he's yeah. just so fun to be around. Great energy. That's what you want to be around people like that. And it's very infectious to be around people like that. And I love it. So yeah. um, but I wish her luck. I have no idea who Sagala is, so I'm not gonna even talk on her. I have no idea, no clue. Maybe I'll do a little research and figure it out if we're gonna talk. We're gonna talk about this card, absolutely. Because MVP's fighting Mike Perry. I did see the, the the comments from Mike Perry. Basically said, I'm gonna walk you down. I'm gonna I'm gonna make you fight backwards. That's He's like, right. I'm gonna I'm gonna chase you down and piece yeah. you up. And I was like, ooh, okay. Okay. Well, and you're gonna walk into a straight left and a straight jab <laughs> and a straight this say. and a straight that. And, and it's easy to say. And, yeah, he's gonna I mean when you when you're I getting wonder, hit, you know, he look, he he can make it that way. He can he can sit there and he can uh he can try to come forward, and maybe he can, but you're going to be eating shots to do it. He said, he said, I'm going to break your hand on my forehead. On my forehead. forehead. <laughs> that's <laughs> great. That's a total Mike Perry quote. Dude, that's a great, that's a great line. Oh, that awesome. I'm going to break both your hands on my forehead. Dink, dink. Yeah. <laughs> yep. This is possibly true, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> this is this possibly is. true. All right, what else you got? All right, sticking with London. UFC London, London. loses Darren Till due to an undisclosed injury. But gets Chris Curtis in his place against the Jack action man. I Manson. love Chris Curtis. John, this is a guy. That this steps kid, up. this guy's uh, he's fun. Oh, he is. He's fun. He's gonna bring the fight. He's gonna do what he can. He's gonna have to stop some takedowns, which he showed in his last fight. He's able to do. 
Um, he's he's a phenomenal fighter, man. He's got big power in his hands. Uh, he's a little muscular for the weight class, like shorter in stature, but he's got a lot of muscles, got a lot of pop. But it seems to be working for him. The the not cutting weight, you know, as much or not cutting as much weight as others. Yep, seems to be working for him. Dave, do me so, a favor, pull up Curtis's record real quick, because I'm I'm gonna sit here and and be the the negative Nancy for all the people out there that say say stuff. Not Sean Brady's, Chris Curtis. Thank you very much. Okay, go ahead and Patience. bring it up, bring it up, bring it up, bring it up. I want to see his last couple oh, of fights no, past the old UFC. People. Old people when they Stop get it. Right like, there. Stop old right people, there. Old people don't have patience as they get older. <laughs> John's the one calling me this morning to get help with his computer and he can't even know the patience for a web page to load. <laughs> <laughs> All right. This is my point. Okay. Here we here we have we have the action man, Chris Curtis here. And take a look at his record. Now, he's got his last loss was to Ray Cooper the third in the PFL. Okay. Wow. And that was one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, nine fights ago. But everyone back then said that dude sucks, right? And he and he sucked when he was fighting up in Lethbridge, Canada, and getting a win against Darren Smith. And he sucked through all these things. And now he's got three wins in the UFC: Phil Hawes, Brendan Allen, which was a great win, and yeah. against Vieira, unbelievable jujitsu, but couldn't get the fight to the ground. And now all of a sudden, Chris Curtis is this amazing fighter. No, he's the same guy he was before. He's a tough son of a bitch that comes to fight every time. Um, and yes, it doesn't matter if you're in the UFC or not. You can be a really good fighter. And he is. He's tough. He comes to fight. He creates problems. I love Chris Curtis. And, and I, look, he's going to give Hermanson some problems. Uh, you know, in this fight, Hermanson definitely has a ground game that is is capable of submitting Curtis Jackson. But the stand up, he's not going to be able to hurt him that much in it. It's, that's going to leave openings for Chris Curtis. It's a great matchup. I don't think that the fight got any easier for Jack Hermanson going from Darren Till to Chris Curtis. Things didn't get easier for him. No, I don't think so either. I think the the speed and the power like Darren Till's he's got speed he's got the kicks he's got the combinations mm -hmm. but he's he's easier to take down easier to take down the shorter far. in stature of Chris Curtis the explosiveness of Chris Curtis um and the and physical strength and the, of Chris the Curtis. physical strength but also the pop and the power that he possesses after stuffing the takedowns that he can deliver is going to give Hermanson some problems yep. <clears throat> Hermanson's going to have a hard time getting his lower in his level and getting underneath underneath Chris Curtis enough to get a, a couple takedowns. Now on the ground, it could be a different story. Sure, can you get him there? That's the biggest problem. That's it the is. biggest problem is can you get and, him there? And look, at Hermanson's got good wrestling. It's not that he doesn't, but you've seen guys that have the ability to defend against that mm -hmm. that start to give him some problems. You know, and you can go you know back to his last fight was against Strickland. You I know? was going to ask you. Take a look. <laughs> Wasn't able to take him down. Got mm -hmm. pieced up on the feet. You know, just mm -hmm. consistently. So this is going to be a tough fight for him. This is not. This did not get any easier. No. All right, next. All right, we're going to wrap up on that one. Thank you for bringing up that record there, Dave. You got it, John. We are? Well, you got it, John. Wait, I, I have, I have, hold on. I have something I want to talk about real quick. Let's Dave. go. <clears throat> this is, um, I got a message, somebody, from someone. Josh, any comments, <clears throat> usual. 
Which yeah, one are you yeah, talking no, about? No, no, I got it in my DM. This guy, because I know you listen, because I know his name is Brent Evanoski. Well, Brent, I want to read what you said to me, and I want to be able to go through this. Pull up, can you pull up the 145-pound rankings? It says, the more I listen to you, the more I dislike you. Volkanovsky Ooh. versus Yair. Shut the fuck up. A reason you only have 96,000 followers with a blue check. Wake up, loser. Okay, very interesting. <laughs> I love people. I, wa- I know, but I, I want to break people. this down. I, it's so funny because I, I never, I didn't realize that there was like a separate secret side page for um, messages that people that don't follow you. There's a separate like little DM area that I didn't even know of. Anyways, so we okay. pulled the 145. Guess, guess what? Rankings. Hold on, before you go on. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know about that either. Yeah, <laughs> I think Miss McCarthy knows about it for you. She might. Uh... All right, look, Brent. Okay, I want to clarify this. Yair is fighting Brian Ortega, who is number two. Okay, Max Holloway just lost to Volkanovski. Josh Emmett is right there. If Yair beats Brian Ortega, who they're else? Both, they're both at three. They're both right there. Who else is going to fight him? Yair has fought Max Holloway in a very good fight. Who else is going to fight him? Josh Emmett is not going to jump Yair. Maybe possibly, but I doubt it now that Uriah has come out and said that Josh had said this, wants to be released, all this other stuff. That That doesn't help your cause. Okay, I don't care how you feel about Arnold Allen. He's number five or six. He's number five. He's tied for number five. You have two guys at number three, two guys at number five. Great rankings, guys. Calvin Cater, no, that's not going to happen. Arnold Allen, he's not going to jump the other two guys that win. So when I'm breaking this down for you, try to keep up, Brent, okay? Because I know I'm moving fast. Look, this is what I'm trying to say. Yair has been, he's given him problems before in the past, but he will... Yeah, I think if he beats Brian Ortega, knowing that Brian had such a great fight with Volk, had such a great fight with Max, if he beats Brian, Brian's a bigger name than who Josh Emmett just beat. Bottom line, Yair Rodriguez will potentially get the title shot if he beats Brian. If. That's a big if, by the way. That is a big if. Brian Ortega is a fucking stud. So please don't send me messages about your gripe and about how I only have 96,000 followers. You know, I kind of retired before social media actually became a thing, buddy. Okay, that's how old I am. So, careful. I might be your dad. Calm down. Anyways, <laughs> John. John knows what I'm talking about. Jeez, that's a great one. I love that. It's I, I, that's I had to do my own little fighting words for a split second. I you know, like Josh it. Thompson. Take you guys, if you guys too. like the fighting words, if you guys like the fighting words, we did a little. We do this thing uh, called Five Rounds Main Event, and every once in a while, we have a segment on there called fighting words where we actually pick some comments where people talk back to us and talk trash to us and we just Gotta answer love them people we answer them politely or we answer them aggressively but uh either way we have fun with it it's a fun segment it's on our it's like five, mean uh, tweets it's, it's on our it's yeah it is like mean tweets it's but that's on our five rounds main event and that is on our clips channel which is available there's a link down below in this main channel you guys can check out, and that'll take you there. And check out that show. That's a great show that we do. We just started. It's got great new graphics and everything. The podcast Dave and Rebellion Arts yes. worked with. Rebellion Arts. Or there Rebel Lion. Or Rebel Lion. But I think it's Rebellion Arts. It is. Who knows? I like Rebel Lion. I don't Lion, know. I don't know. I kind of like Rebel Lion. I like Lion. Rebel Lion. It's a play on words, I believe, is what Dave was saying. Yes. Look, if you guys if you guys like the shows, you guys like what we're doing, and you guys like to, if you guys want to try to support us, we really appreciate it. Go to wayneandpodcast.com. Pick up some of our merch. We've got sweatshirts, sweatshirts, 
hoodies, long sleeves, short sleeves. Right now, we've got coffee mugs. We've got it all available to you guys. But the short sleeves right now are big sales. We also got the hashtag and still hindsight is 50-50, our beast mode shirt. And the new five rounds main event t-shirt is out. Check it all out at weighinginpodcast.com. Podcast Dave and Big John McCarthy. Take us away. <laughs> well, it's been three years for the Weighing In Podcast, and we are only getting bigger and better. God bless you, Josh Thompson, for being so yes. mean to Brent. That makes me feel kind of, <laughs> yeah, kind of feel good. I had to end on a good note. But you got to, I want you to do this. Since you were mean to Brent, I want you to go out, just do something good for somebody that you don't know today. Be kind to them. Be nice. For everyone out there, thanks for listening to us, and we will see you.